When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. What a turbulent week for Buckeye fans. What started with Michigan winning a national championship ended with a lot of hope in Columbus as a mass of returns. Nick Wilson, Spencer German, the Sons of the Shoe podcast. Uh, make sure to follow the Sons of the Shoe podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, of course, the free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. But of course, make sure to subscribe right here on 923thefan's YouTube channel as well. Uh, make sure to comment on our videos as well. We love interacting with you guys, even the Michigan fans who were always fun there. But uh, as I had mentioned, Spencer German, what a wild, wacky, and turbulent week for Ohio State fans. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, you get the emotions of having to watch your biggest rival win a national championship and everything that comes with that, which is something we obviously talked about earlier in the week. Um, and I'm going to be honest, though, Nick, like my stance at the time was very much that that's a disaster and – how could you possibly take any positive away from it? Like you don't want to see your rival win. No, nobody from Michigan was enjoying watching Ohio state win a national championship in 2014 when they won it. Um, Like it's a miserable feeling. You don't want to see that happen. But I, I do think like we've had the conversation and I think there's probably some truth to the idea that this really was now, maybe it shouldn't have been the, the ultimate wake up call. Maybe they should have seen, seen this coming uh, years prior when you lose to Michigan a couple years in a row. But this seems like it has served as a major, major wake-up call given what we've seen transpire since with all the guys that are coming back. I know we're going to go through the list um, with just – it's it sounds like I, – I know there was talk, and I know you talked to Albert Breer on, on your show on 92 to the Fan, that after that game it sounds like there was a big push for like hat in hand – money like donations coming in like oh we need money to try to pay these kids like nil money let's get the collective really moving here and i have to imagine that has something to do with the number of guys who've come back that they've they've sort of got their their money in order and now there's even talk that with with i know another thing we'll get to nick saban leaving that maybe there's room to even add some players from that team that are going to enter the end of the transfer portal so um yeah like on, on some level i think it was a wake-up call and I think we're seeing the, the aftermath of that play out in real time where Ohio State is 
going all out to to make themselves a a national championship contender and bring back a roster that is going to be absolutely stacked next year. Yeah, I mean, I think what's fascinating is Ohio State's gotten a lot of flack, and, and rightfully so, for not uh, seemingly spending enough NIL money in, in different places. That was part of the Carson Hinsman complaint on the yeah. uh, ever-since-deleted podcast, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is now basically like a UFO file. Like, it's just tucked away somewhere in Columbus at a catacomb. We'll never see it again, all right? Well, I don't yeah. even know that Carson Ohio. Hinsman exists anymore. Like, that's some Men in Black-type crap going Ohio on over State there. Ohio showed up, and uh, they, like, took the audio. They 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 pulled, they somehow, they pulled it off the internet. They showed up at his house. They searched his computer. They searched his room. They searched everything. They they they, they took everything they could. Now it's yeah. I think you're right. They have a they just have a basement. It's it's like the you know Disney. They they they, they every every so often they are like oh the Disney vault is opening up and we're releasing <laughs> yeah. this. That's what it is. Like every every now and then you'll hear like oh the audio's out there and then like no 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 Ohio State covered that shit up. <laughs> I just like the idea that it's like Urban Meyer is like part of you know because Urban's <laughs> such a Tommy tough nut. That Irby Two Digits has like an SS program that they run. Be, that that he like yeah sure it's Ryan Day's program, but but Urban Meyer's program is the uh, is the Secret Service part of this. And so with all this being said, and that's his role with the team still. He because they, they say yes. he sometimes is around Columbus. Like he just goes. He's in charge of running like the 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 uh, Ohio State FBI. The uh, yeah <laughs> the, the, uh, State the Secret Service. The Ohio State Black Ops teams yeah, that just go. erases everything. But I mean, I do think that's an interesting point that they, they've just been throwing money from the NIL to keeping guys here, bringing them back. And they also did make a couple staff changes. Uh, special teams coach Julian Fleming, uh, Julian Fleming. Um, I'm going to screw it up. Special teams Parker, coach Parker Fleming. Parker Fleming, totally different guy, uh, is no longer with the program. They did swap out safeties coaches as well. That's all we've heard to this point officially, so we'll see if there are any more uh, changes on the horizon on the coaching staff. The special teams win was clearly the one that made a lot of sense, but, I mean, the headline here is the names that are returning, and it was cool when Tyleek Williams, uh, defensive tackle, said he was coming back. It was really great. I mean, I was pretty surprised when Denzel Burke on Wednesday said I'm coming back. But to, to date... The only two Buckeyes going on the pros that really were significant contributors, you know, starters playing bulk of the, the snaps are Maserati Marv, which was not surprising, and and um, Michael Hall, the defensive tackle. But yesterday it was a bombshell. We, we tried to record yesterday. Your boy overslept. My bad. <laughs> and it ended up being the best oversleep in history because – um, in the time that we would have already recorded this podcast and put it out, um, JT Tuimoloau announced that he was coming back, and Travion Henderson was the last of yeah. this year's class to really say, the ones that we were really worried about, are they going pro, are they not? And Travion Henderson announcing late in my show yesterday that he was returning to Ohio State. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Travion made sense to me because of the because of the injuries and it kind of made sense like you know with the way running back uh contracts are set up one year's probably not going to cost him as much especially if he's a mid-round pick instead of a first round pick so a you know three or four year deal versus a, a five-year deal so i think you can kind of make nil make sense for that kind of guy and his ability to stay healthy and prove 
that, you know, in a running back committee with Quinshawn Judkins this year, yeah. Quinshawn can do all the dirty works in between the tackles, and then they can just let Travion be just kind of this weapon. So I I got to be honest with you, dude. I'm blown away that Travion's coming back. I'm, I'm blown away that JT Tuimoloau is coming back, and you put it all together in a big context, and it's really impressive what Ohio State's been able to retain going into next year. I just want to say, too, um, <laughs> I had to laugh on, I guess it really was just on Friday, the number of people who I saw on social media trying to talk themselves into the idea that Marvin Harrison Jr. was also coming back. And and the, like the argument they used was like, I don't know. We're getting down to the wire. Like, Monday's the last day to declare, and he hasn't done it yet. Seems kind of curious. He's looking around, seeing all these other guys coming back. I feel like there's something there. And I was thinking, guys – we don't do this. Don't don't do this to yourself. We did it last year with CJ Stroud. We he waited till the very last day, and we kept hearing like, "Oh, maybe they're throwing money at him, and maybe he's gonna come back." And I got my hopes up. Everybody else got their hopes up. We all thought it was maybe possible that he'd come back to Ohio State because he wanted to finish and try to win a few things, and maybe a national championship. He wanted to beat Michigan before he left, and then what happened? He waited till the last day. He ended up declaring, and now he's on his way to potentially winning Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have an Offensive Rookie of the Year type performance against the Browns later today, but that's another conversation. Um, but, yeah, like I I, I wasn't going to do that to myself. It was pretty evident that Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to go pro once you kind of saw he wasn't practicing leading up to the Cotton Bowl, once you saw he wasn't going to play in that game you kind of knew the writing was on the wall and it makes too much sense for him to leave. But I don't want that to distract from the fact that uh, of what we're talking about here, which is the idea that so many of these other players are coming back and that this roster is going to be absolutely loaded, particularly on defense. I mean, the, uh, yeah, the running back thing and Travion coming back is huge and him and Quinshawn Judson sort of sharing uh, Judkins, excuse me, sharing carries um, and sort of splitting that, splitting that backfield and, and, and sort of giving you two different looks in, in terms of the guys that they are and the, the players that they are and the style that they run with, it's going to be one of the hardest things for Big Ten defenses, other defenses once you get to playoff season, to prepare for the idea that you have this kind of change of pace backfield. I mean, my God, like just a, a wealth of talent on this team, and especially at that position – Offense is going to be loaded. The offense is going to essentially come down to, are they adding any more at the offensive line to sort of protect Will Howard and be able to really open up the running lanes for those two guys? And is Will Howard going to play um, better than Kyle McCord? Because people still have questions about that, I understand too. But on the defensive side of things, here's the thing. I feel like, like I've heard some people and their stance on all the guys coming back which just feels like a weird stance to me. But there's been some people who the stance of all these guys coming back has been, well, we're bringing all these guys back from a team that couldn't beat Michigan, couldn't get to the playoff, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Like they're, they're pointing out all the things that they couldn't do. And I just don't get, especially the defensive side of the ball, where that, where that, that concept comes from, because this defense this past year was already, really good. Like were they generating pressure the way Michigan did? No, but like they were a good, a very good defense and they did still do a solid job against Michigan to the point where that was a one possession game and you had a chance to beat them. But then on top of that, Nick, 
the idea that you would just completely eliminate from your mind any 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 concept of development on in players seems strange to me because like like and that was the how many times do we hear people all year like well Kyle McCord could just you know he might just need time it might just take time for him to develop and become this player like. I saw Jack Sawyer develop literally right in front of our eyes this season. I've been asking questions about where was this guy? He was touted as the next, the next Bosa, the 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 long lost Bosa brother, the third Bosa brother that that wasn't part of the family actually, and he hasn't really delivered. And then late in the season this year, he started playing really really well. And then I think the Cotton Bowl was kind of his his um his his I don't know the the climax of his story, if you will, where he's. <laughs> Where he's finally, I'm struggling for analogies this morning, I guess. Um, and he and and he played so well in that game that it gives you hope that he's going to kind of turn that corner and become more of a standout player and that player that you thought he could be when he came to Ohio State as one of their top ten recruits of all time um, next year. So I don't know, like the to to not be able to comprehend the idea that this defense, yeah, like they weren't they, they were really really good. And there's areas where you're like, could they get better as a pass rushing team? Yes. Could they get better in a few other areas? Yes. But the idea that they can't develop with another year, like that's the whole point of these guys coming back. And, and, and we see in college basketball, we see in college football, like when you keep core groups together, that often pays dividends for you. I mean, look what Michigan did. Michigan brought all these guys back. They go and they win the national championship. They weren't as good as a defense and a team last year as they were this year. They got better. So I'm 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 super excited, especially for the defensive side of the ball, because I think that group is going to be so so good. And to see just the number of guys who are bought into, yeah, the NIL is part of it, but bought into um, trying to come back and win something here at Ohio State is it has to be exciting. I don't know how it can be anything else. Well, and I just think the reality is um, experience matters in college football. Yes, right. And you know, I, I don't think it's coincidence that over the last couple of years you've seen. Um, you've seen a lot of teams with those more experienced players, guys who've been in college six, seven, eight years wow. because of COVID and the transfer rules and all this. You've seen them at least have a better chance at making the playoffs, the more experienced rosters. I just think for me, what it symbolizes is, you know, it's funny. You and I got pinged um, on our station this week because we weren't panicking. We, you know, well, you were panicking a little bit more than I was, but by and large, like I looked at, at the Michigan National Championship and said, let's go, right? They they finally come in to this rivalry. This rivalry is officially back ha- with them having won three straight games. I thought that the I thought it was more about their glow up, right? Than it was that Ohio State took a step back. But that it's time. And so to see this roster, to see the 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 coaching staff take shape, to see the roster take shape, to me, what this really says is all right, Ryan, like, I'm not happy with where Ryan Day is. I'm not panicking about where it is. Um, but I, I open the door that next year is insanely crucial for him. But when you start to look at the actual roster itself, find me the excuse. Because um, if if the O-line isn't good enough again, well, that's on Ryan Day. That's not a valid excuse. If Will Howard isn't a, a better fit for this offense, and that means a better quarterback for Ohio State, then that's on Ryan Day. So he last year, when I say last year, I mean the quarterback position, you got your gimme. That was your mulligan. And now this year, 
with this kind of talent, with the staff changes, there's no excuses because you will have one of the deepest teams in college football and you will have almost all your star power back. And and specifically on offense, Abuka, Carnell Tate, Jeremiah Smith, Brandon Ennis, um, uh, G. Scott, Quinshawn Judkins, Dallas Hayden, Travion Henderson. That is enough to have the kind of offense that we're used to seeing from Ryan Day instead of what felt like a very herky-jerky, anemic offensive point last year that was pretty much just throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. whenever you get a chance. So in that vein, is this, in your opinion, a roster that is a blessing or is it a curse? For Ryan Day, because I'm going into it like I, you know me, like I'm I'm the emotional fan. I react as the team does things, and I get really yeah. into it. And my, that's why I'm, that's that's why the Michigan panic meter just goes like this all the time. It's like ah, <laughs> oh, here it's in the gray. Now it's in the. But anyway, um, like I I I'm more on the excited side of it where I see the opportunity here, and I'm willing to go in the next year and be like, okay, like I I'll admit. And, and, you know, like we both have been maybe less critical of Ryan Day at times than others. Now, I think the Cotton Bowl sort of turned things for me where I was like, all right, this guy, to put up three points in this game, I don't really think the game itself mattered. But to see that performance for a guy who's supposed to be some offensive guru and all this, it was like, okay, this is really disappointing. So, yeah, like I'm, I'm willing to go in the next year with questions, um, with some doubts about him as a coach. I've said it on this show that I think he puckers, he he almost becomes James Franklin in, in, in key moments at times, and it's it's disappointing, except against James Franklin. Um, and you I can never out James Franklin, James <laughs> Franklin, just so Which, we're clear. Well, we got to get to that later, but the yeah. fact that his name was floated as a potential for the, the Alabama job is out of this world ridiculous. But anyway. If, if, uh, if I had James Franklin's agent, I would have Jeff Bezos' money. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You get WFAN like, right now or something? Yeah, like. I would be beyond that. I would I would ESPN. make Colin Coward. I would make Colin Coward look like a a, ho- a host in Boise, Idaho. That's that's with, with James oh, Franklin's man. agent anything is possible. I'm pretty damn sure. But you mentioned so you asked a question about is yeah. it a blessing is it a curse? And I think listen, I think it's a blessing for Ohio State and whatever new AD you have because there's there's no room for excuses. There really isn't. And I think it is a blessing for Ryan Day to the in, until it's not. And what I mean by that is I think if you're a head coach going into a year where it may or may not be as simple as you have to go undefeated, you have to beat Michigan, you have to win the Big Ten title, you have to compete in the playoffs, if not win a national championship – as 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 much pressure as that is, as rough as that can be, the reality is, you you would want uh you would want everything at your disposal if that was the case, and it sure seems like from a talent perspective, even though man, it'd be nice to get a a, a, a one at least one tackle on the portal. Caleb Downs is a name that has been, and he's a safety from Alabama. That's a name that has really been um. Out there a lot that the Buckeyes yeah. are throwing some NIL money at him. He, he well, and, the and they were they, they recruited him initially, and yeah. he went to he chose Bama. Um, I mean, the the Saban thing changes the game. Like, I think that's part of this equation too, Nick. In terms of like talking about this roster being a blessing or a curse, because like if you think about the landscape of college football, if you're Ryan Day, like now there's a, Nick Saban's kind of out of the picture now, right? And I'm not saying Alabama's going to be garbage, but Kalen DeBoer takes that job. 
Um, we see the recruits that are considering transferring all these different things. Like that team's not going to be the same. Um, and I mean, that's, let's face it. Like that's the greatest college football coach of all time. That's now not in your path necessarily towards a championship. So that the, he's out of the way. There's a, there's an op, there's a chance here that Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the pros. And so now he's out of your way. And so like this, this, the, the, the stage is set. Like the, there, there is a, a, um, just there, there is a path that's kind of clear for you to build this amazing roster. And the only real teams that you feel like are going to be massive challengers to you are maybe a Florida state, depending on the guy. They, they had a lot of guys transfer though. That's the biggest thing for them. Um, but like George is always going to be in the conversation. Kirby smarts, a great coach. Uh, Oregon's still probably going to be there with Dan Landing, although they're going to have a different quarterback next year. So like there's these teams that are there, but the, the path is even more clear than it's ever been potentially. So like, I think it is a blessing for him. I think it's also a blessing for Ohio State because they're going to get the clearest picture they can on whether or not Ryan Day should be here long term. Like, we're going to have all, all the questions that we have answers about um, and, and in regards to Ryan Day and his future and his ability to do to lead this, this team and all that. Those are going to be answered this year. Like, because there's no excuses now. Like, there's nothing standing in his way from being in a – uh, in a deep, making a deep playoff run, making beating Michigan, like all the boxes that you want to check, that should be, he should accomplish all those things this year. So I, listen, I think it's a blessing because they're bringing back a talented roster and it's an opportunity to go win something and have a really special season. But I do think it's more of a blessing for Ryan Day because like on, on one hand, yeah, the pressure's on, but I think the, 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 the moves and the um, actions of this week Tell me that he already knows that anyway. Like he knows the pressure's on, and now he's just got to go deliver, and that should be ultimately where his head is at anyway. So I, I think it's a blessing all around. I do. Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing is if you're going into a season where it is, um, whether it's championship or bust or beat Michigan or bust, however you want to frame it, and that's something we'll get into, you know, in future episodes. That specific or bust. The reality is. You want a full deck. You want as much at your disposal, uh, as disposal as possible. And from a roster perspective, I mean, the cup runneth over right yeah. now with all these returning yeah. players. Real quick, because I, I, you know what? I want to hold it. I, I have a question well, about real, real, the, the returnees. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, I was going to say off of your point, the reason it's a blessing is because it shrinks that margin of error for Ryan Day even more in terms of like winning – on the football field. Like we have questions about him as a coach at times, like, Oh, he did, you know, is he going to be aggressive on fourth down situations and all this different stuff? If you have as much talent as Ohio state is, has coming back. He now makes it so that his job is just a little bit easier on game day because he doesn't necessarily have to overthink things. Well, Hey, fourth and two, I got Quinshawn Judkins is one of the best in between the tackle runners in the game. I'm just going to give him the damn football. Like that's the type of stuff that like why I think it's 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 a good thing for him because now if if we're worried about him as a coach, I'm not this this is gonna sound bad, but like if he has to almost coach less, that helps his cause. And I'm not saying that that's how it should be, and that that's that you know you want you want the best of the best at Ohio State in terms of X's and O's and all these different things. But um, I think that if 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 there's an opportunity to make his life easier because his team is just so ultra talented. I think that works in his favor, and I think that's what we're seeing. Well, and I, I just think it's as simple as now it's about culture. 
And yeah. the hope is, because that really is, and I agree with a lot of Ohio State fans have said this, Michigan fans have said this, the difference between Michigan and Ohio State the last couple of years has been culture and a focus. And, you know, I think Ohio State's focus has been world domination. And I think Michigan's focus has been we're going to start with dominating the Big Ten and work out from there. And I think that three-year plan came to fruition. They started dominating the Big Ten three years ago and specifically, you know, running the rivalry, running the game. And now you've got this – now you've got – they're running the Big Ten. They're running the world now. So – I think now it becomes, all right, are these coaching changes really going to help you change the culture? And what are you, Ryan Day, doing to change the culture? Because if he thinks, well, now I have so much talent, I don't have to worry about, um, you know, properly emphasizing the Michigan game, or I don't have to you know, worry about the changing tides in college football where the gap between the top three teams and the top, you know, four teams behind them is now nil, whereas you know, three years ago, that's all that mattered was talent to some degree on a national level. Um, if he does, if he thinks that, that just, okay, my work's done because the collective and I have, have re-recruited our own roster back, I think that's going to bite him in the ass. So, you know, from a roster perspective, oh, all right, bringing Caleb Downs, maybe Caden Proctor, another Alabama, you know, tackle, or sorry, another Alabama player that uh, Ohio State was in on till the very last second until he went to Bama. Like, let's see if you can find a couple more pieces here. But now it is, how do you get these guys uh, understanding the importance of not just beating Penn State and all these, but making sure you beat Michigan, making sure you bring home the ten, Big Ten title. And I think if if you start home, if you start where it matters and then build from there, very much like Michigan did, I think you could have those dividends paid this year. And I think Ryan yeah. Day could answer all of his questions in one year, and that means running the gambit of beating Michigan, winning the Big Ten, and winning a national title. I think that's a good perspective. I think that's a good point. I also think, too, Nick um, – like to me, part of this comes down to can Ryan Day do basically you you mentioned Michigan focused to shifting to like let's just worry about the Big Ten first and go from there. I mean the 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 flip the script we we've talked about already like the the script's already been flipped because Michigan goes and wins a national title right in your face. But like Ryan Day now has to do what Jim Harbaugh did, right? Like it's it's almost the 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 thing the the entire narrative shifting to you now of what we thought about Michigan a couple years ago, which was, oh, well, they can't beat Ohio State. They can't beat Urban Meyer. Like Jim Harbaugh just has to admit that on some level, Jim uh, um, Urban Meyer was his was his daddy. Like like he owned him. He he could not get past the mighty Urban Meyer. And now Ryan Day kind of has to concede the same thing. I can't get past Jim Harbaugh. And if Jim Harbaugh goes to the pros, Okay, so now the question becomes, can you do what Michigan did? Can Are you capable of not worrying so much about like, well, let's just be this fast-paced team and go out and, and have all these sports cars and be this finesse team? Like, let's focus on doing what we need to do to win this conference, beat that team finally, and go one step at a time and reverse your misfortune. Like, can you now become the thing that – Sharon Moore can't overcome or whoever the hell the next head coach of Michigan potentially becomes assuming Jim Harbaugh leaves. Like, can you now flip that script in your favor? Um, and I, I think he's capable of it with the roster, especially that he has coming back. 
But we're going to find that out pretty quickly here, which is why I think this is a good thing all around because we're going to get answers to our questions. He's going to have an opportunity to answer his questions. This roster is, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun season, I think, ahead just because of the fact that this, this group is going to be so stacked. All right, leave your comments uh, below here, guys. Or Anik Wilson says, at Spencito underscore on X, um, is is all this returning talent, is this talent that uh, Columbus is, is kind of uh, amassing here, is this a blessing or a curse for Ryan Day? And the least surprising news this week and a chance to say goodbye to one of the true Ohio State greats. That's coming up. But first, a word from our sponsors.